Welcome to the Chowchilla Church of Christ podcast. We are in the book of Revelation. It is the last book chronologically in the Bible. However, the books of the Bible written succinctly, Revelation being the only prophetic book in the New Testament, we're going to recall some of the things that we've already talked about, some of the teachings that are there, and of course, some of the testimony that has been given by the Apostle John. As we go toward getting into the book of Revelation, would you be so kind to join us in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for giving us this day our daily spiritual bread from the book of Revelation. Help us to recall those events. Help us to recall those situations and those circumstances that the Christians more than 2,000 years ago had gone through. And somewhat even now, as we approach the last days, we're going through. Guide our hearts, direct our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your copy of God's word, open your Bibles to the book of Revelation. And we want to thank each one of you for being with us today. This book is so fantastic. We want to recall that there are 22 chapters. The first 11 chapters address the church of Christ and its struggle with enemies. Satan, sin, and of course, those cohorts that are connected to Satan or colleagues, uh, the enemies of the Christians, Roman Empire, Domitian, Babylon the Great. We will see many of those things unfold as we go through the book. But also in the first 11 chapters, what is also decided is that the Christians will come to the place where John in his writing will let them know and inform them that Jesus Christ has to come. As a matter of fact, we will look at the primary five things that are going to take place and are taking place now. The book of Revelation was written approximately AD 96. John the Apostle wrote this book. The last 11 chapters deal with the church of Christ and its victory over Satan and sin. Thank God for the victory we have in Jesus Christ. This is John who actually wrote, if we may stick or place a scripture in here now, in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, John says, we are God's children. Thank God for Jesus. And we have overcome because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We thank God through Jesus Christ that we are overcomers. We are winners. And that word is interesting in the Greek language. It is the word nikao, N-I-K-A-O. It literally means a victor. And John is writing to these Christians in Asia Minor more than 2,000 years ago. And he's saying, no matter what you go through, no matter what is going on, no matter how tough it gets, the tough do not get going. They stay in Jesus Christ. We want to point out some Recall facts. Number one, the book of Revelation is the only prophetic book in the New Testament. And number two, the book of Revelation written by John, it is compared to the book of Daniel in that concerning the indestructible Jewish nation. The destruction of Jerusalem happened in AD 70. However, that is compared to the kingdom of Christ which in Daniel chapter two and verse 44, Daniel writes, and it shall come to pass in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, 
which shall never be destroyed. Notice, never be destroyed. And that kingdom will break into pieces and consume all these other kingdoms. And it, singular, shall stand forever. God's kingdom slash related to the church of Christ. It will break into pieces, meaning that it will have the strength to spread itself all over the world. It will destroy the Roman Empire. It will destroy the Babylonian Empire. It will destroy the Medo-Persian Empire. It will destroy the Grecian Empire. And yes, even right now, as we are in the book of Revelation, any of the empires that have existed from the distant past all the way up to the future and in the present day, God's kingdom will destroy all those other kingdoms. So then the book of Revelation, it also deals with primarily the Antichrist. In 1 John chapter 2, and we will see unfolding by the time we get to Revelation chapter 13, where the Antichrist is called the beast, given the number 666. There is so much confusion about this particular text, the 13th chapter. So many people wanting to put a label and a listing and identification mark on the number 666. Truly, the number 666 in the Eastern world, in the Orient, is very much like the number 13 here in the Western civilization. It is a number that represents bad. However, in the Bible, according to Jewish symbolism and the numeration system, the number six is short of seven. That means it's incomplete. 666 means that evil is taken to the worst potency. This number given to the beast, who the Bible says in Revelation 13 is a man, we identify him, historians, for instance, like we mentioned Ray Summers in his book, Worthy is the Lamb, they identify him as Domitian. He is the most evil ruler that ever marched, walked, challenged, persecuted the Church of Christ. But not only that, we want to look at, besides and along with the Antichrist, we want to look at the tribulation period. We are actually in the tribulation. We are going through some very hard times, some very difficult times, economically speaking, socially speaking, as well as in our own personal lives. Perhaps right now you are thinking in your mind, how am I going to make it? How are things going to be? What's going to happen next year? How does the book of Revelation relate to me right now in my experiences? Those are all great questions, ladies and gentlemen. And we want to say that just as you and I are in this book, and the Bible is a spiritual book. It never gets old. It gets old, but it gets better. And this book is related to you and I and our circumstances and our experiences. And John says, basically in chapter one, if we can recall, he says, blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of the prophecy of this book and keeps those things that are written therein for the time is at hand. There are three things John mentions. Number one, the blessing is from reading. Number two, the blessing is from hearing. And number three, the blessing is from keeping, holding on. Ladies and gentlemen, just hold on to the word of God. If you and I just hold on to God's word, there's a song out there that says, hold on to God's unchanging hand. And if we can do that, no matter what is going on in the social world, no matter what's going on economically, no matter what's going on personally, the Bible says that if we hold on, we will receive that reward. Now, there's a scripture with that. In Revelation chapter two 
and verse number 10, John says these words, Jesus speaking, be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of righteousness. There were two types of crowns, at least primarily in John's day. There was what was called a diadem crown. The diadem crown, it represented authority of a potentate, a leader, a ruler. But the crown that Jesus is talking about giving to those of us who hold on is called the Stephanos crown. A Stephanos crown means a crown of victory. We will see that unfold and as we get through the book of Revelation where the saints, by the time we get to chapter 20, they are given crowns, Stephanos, of victory because they've come through and they've overcome. There are actually five things that are taking place in the book of Revelation. Let us mention them. Number one, second coming of Jesus Christ, Revelation chapter one, verse number seven. Number two, the end of the world, Revelation chapter two and verse number 26. Number three, the end of time, Revelation 10 and verse six. And we're going to go back and read these in just a few moments. Number four, the resurrection of the dead. That would be Revelation chapter 20, verses four through six. And then number five, the final judgment. I would encourage you, as I am encouraged, that if you are not a child of God, if you are not a Christian, even though many people do not believe in God at this time, they blame God, they blame Christ, they blame the Holy Spirit, they use the hypothetical, if God is God, how come? Why is this going on? How come he doesn't stop it? Ladies and gentlemen, God created the universe. He's always been in control. He always will be in control. The Bible says that he is in Genesis chapter one and verse number one, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In Psalm 24 and verse one, the Bible says that the earth belongs to the Lord and the fullness thereof. God is in control, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says even of the highest officials in Proverbs 21 and verse one, the king's heart, his intellect, his will and emotions are in the Lord's hands. He moves it like the rivers of water wherever he wants it to go. So God is in absolute control, not relative, not partial. God is in complete absolute control of everything. Now the world is out of control, but God isn't. So what's going to happen is these five things as we go through the book of Revelation. And by the time we get to chapter 21 and chapter 22, John is going to give salient warnings, those important warnings. He's going to say to the Christians and to those who would be enemies of the church, do not add to this prophecy. Do not do anything to take away from this prophecy. Revelation chapter 22 verses starting at verse 16 and going down to verse number 18. John will say anybody that adds to these prophecies that are mentioned in this book, God will add the plagues that are written in this book. And anyone that takes away from the things that are in this book, then God would take his name out of the book of life, out of the holy city, and out of all the promises that are written in this book. Now, how could that be done? The book is complete. The book is, as we recall, it's already in place. How could people do that? Like this? Like Domitian and his group. Instead of, as we see and we approach uh, the text, ladies and gentlemen, 
they did their best to force emperor worship on the Christians in the Church of Christ. They said, and you see, let's go to Revelation chapter 2. And where the Church of Christ is actually struggling, I want to read this. And if you're there in Revelation chapter 2 with me, we talked in the last discussion about the Church of Christ at Ephesus. Now we're looking at the church in Pergamos. The Bible says in Revelation 2 and verse 12, and unto the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, these things says he which has the sharp sword with the two edges. Now, that would be Jesus Christ. Sharp sword, figure of speech, word of God. How do we know that? We connect scripture with scripture to define scripture. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, for the word of God is like a sharp two-edged sword. So Hebrews 4.12 gives us the connection and definition of what's written in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 12. These things says he which has the sharp sword with two edges. My parents would say from the South, the word of God cuts going and coming. Ladies and gentlemen, and this word, these words that we're reading right now, they are sharp, they are spiritual, and these are the sayings of Jesus Christ. John writes, Jesus says to them, that is the church of Christ in Pergamos, I know your works and where you dwell or live, even where Satan's seat is. And you hold fast my name and have not denied my faith. Even in those days where an Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan lives. Two times in verse 13, we have the notion that Satan, his seat in the earlier part of verse number 13. Then the latter part of verse 13, where Satan lives. You should know historically that what happened in Pergamos was that Satan had a synagogue. He had a worship space. He had a shrine whereby when the Christians, though they were worshiping in the Church of Christ uh, temples, that Domitian had set up a space for the Christians in order for them to be able to do their everyday activity, activities like buy and sell and trade and do things they normally would do. They had to if they were found to be members of the church unless they pledged their allegiance to the emperor, Domitian, unless they went into one of those synagogues unless they attended one of their services in the shrines, the spaces set aside where Domitian with the devil, with the falsifying. That's the identification of the 666, the, the emperor one six, the devil the other one, and forcing the emperor worship. That's the 666. And unless the Christians agree, condone, went along with, those things, then they were not allowed to live a normal lifestyle. So John, by Jesus in verse 13, identifies that Domitian had set up headquarters in Pergamos. 
you talk about devil worship, here's devil worship in its first origination. Set up in Pergamos, set up where Satan has his authority, ladies and gentlemen. And it says in verse 13 that there was a gentleman named Antipas who actually was killed. What we know about this historically is that Antipas was one of the first martyrs. A martyr is a person who is, who is slain, who is killed, who's treated badly, cruelly for their position, their stance with Jesus Christ. He said, no, I'm not going to bow down. No, I'm not going to call Domitian and his cohorts and his colleagues and Satan and the Roman domination or domineering force. I'm not going to go along with that. I believe in Jesus Christ and I'm going to hold on to what he said. So they killed him. He was the first martyr. And John says by Jesus in verse number 14, but I have a few things against you because you have there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam and who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. For that reference, you go back to Numbers chapter 24 and verse number 14. Now, Balaam, you see, it says right here, they held the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block, to cause the children of Israel to fall, to stumble. And notice what it says, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, idol gods, and to commit fornication. By the way, that's spiritual fornication. That means that they were pledging their allegiance. They were offering sacrifices. They were giving themselves to false and idol gods. And Jesus says in verse number 14, this is what I have against you. Yes, I commended you because you held on. And the gentleman, Antipas, he held on to death. But now you have this false doctrine among you. May I say something about that? False doctrine, ladies and gentlemen, exists today. Idol gods exist today. Idol gods and false doctrine are both lies. They all are orchestrated and they all originated from the devil. It is the devil who gives the doctrines of demons in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1 and 2. Paul says, now the spirit speaks expressly that some shall depart from the faith. Here's another connecting scripture with Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 13 and 14, particularly 14. He says, some will depart from the faith. This is Paul by Timothy in 1 Timothy 4. He says, giving heed to seducing, tricking spirits and the doctrine of devils. So the devil has many doctrines. And those of you who are listening may not be aware of some of those doctrines. Some of those doctrines teach you can be saved just by believing in Jesus Christ. That's a false doctrine. Some of those doctrines teach you can go to any church you want to go to. That's another false doctrine. Some of those doctrines teach you do not have to be baptized into Jesus Christ in order to be saved. That's another doctrine of the devil. Some of those doctrines teach that no matter what you do and your last fleeting breath, if you call on the name of the Lord, you can be saved. 
another false doctrine. There are so many doctrines of demons, doctrines that emanate, that stem from the devil. If you do not read your Bible, ladies and gentlemen, in proper context and content, you and I can be deceived by the doctrines of the devil. Let's finish this up. Jesus says to them, you have these two things. You have this doctrine that comes from Balaam. You have this doctrine where you are eating things that have been idolatrous. You are actually offering things to idol gods. This is definitely a violation. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter four, connecting it to Revelation 2.14 and verse number seven, there's only one God and father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. Verse 15, so have you also them that, he says, hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which I do hate. Now, we mentioned that in chapter 2 and verse 6 in our last discussion, that in Acts 6, this gentleman named Nicholas, who supposedly was one of the leaders in the church, Sometimes what happens if we're not careful, leaders in the church stray away and because they're leading who people who get attached to them, who do not read their Bibles, who do not look at what the word of God says, they are blinded by these things. How does that happen? How does that work? Well, first of all, the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, as we connect it to Revelation chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, that Satan is the God of this world, little g-o-d, and he blinds the minds of those so that they cannot see the true doctrine of Jesus Christ. Well, now, what happens after that? To support that, in Matthew 15, 14, Jesus says, if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. When we back up to verse number 14, he says in verse number 13, he says, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. Notice, blind leaders, ladies and gentlemen, there are a number, there are multiplied blind leaders leading people who are blind because they're not looking at the word of God. How do we know that? In Matthew 22 and verse 29, read your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, please. It says by Jesus, people do error by not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. When you and I don't read the scriptures, we can be blinded by the doctrines of demons. We can be blinded by false teaching. We can be blinded by misteaching. We can be blinded by misinterpretations of what people are saying the Bible says, but it does not teach. John writes, Jesus says in verse number 15, not only do you have the doctrine of the devil, you have the doctrine of a man who fell away from the Lord. In verse number 16, Jesus says, here's how you fix it. As we recall, repent or else I will come unto you quickly and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. There again, showing with no reluctancy, with no hesitation that the word of God is what we use to fight every battle against the devil and his colleagues and his cohorts. John says, Jesus mentions in verse number 17, he that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says unto the churches. To him that overcomes, I will give to eat the hidden manna and I will give a white stone and a new name, he says, which no man knows except him that receives it. I like the fact as we get ready to close out 
that in this passage of scripture and the things that we have recalled through Revelation, ladies and gentlemen, we must remember what is being said here. No doctrines of devils, no doctrines of demons, no doctrines of men, no doctrines of women. Some of the popular teachings in some of the religious world, because a church is large, because it's a mega church, and I'm not saying all mega churches are wrong, but any church that's not following the doctrine of Christ, John writes in another connecting scripture in 2 John verse 9, 10, and 11, he says, whoever does not remain, abide, stay in the doctrine of Christ, they do not have God. No, I didn't make that up. John wrote that. Read your Bible. That challenges you and I today. And if you're not a Christian, John by Jesus Christ would say, come, come to Jesus Christ believing, come repenting, come confessing and being baptized. And we want to thank you for listening. This has been Chowchilla Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the area tomorrow in Chowchilla, California, stop in, be part of our Sunday school at nine o'clock for all ages. And I worship at 10 o'clock. And then ladies and gentlemen, also, uh, the sermon tomorrow, we want to invite you that if you're ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we're ready to receive you and receive you in our fellowship. Our phone number, if you'd like to call us, is area code 559-223-1973. Our email address is Christ at gmail.com. And those of you who would like a copy of this podcast, a transcript, we'll be glad to give it to you. And if you have any questions, any concerns, however we may help you, we'll be glad to do so. Thank you so much for listening and looking. God bless you. Please close out with us in prayer. Father, we thank you so much once again for letting us go through the recalling of some things in the book of Revelation. Guide our hearts, direct our minds. We thank you again so much for the people that are listening and looking. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Amen.